Welcome in to a special holiday edition of your boys from Sportball. I'm Sam. You know me well. With me are two strangers. Who are you? I am no one. Thank you. A man has no face. <laughs> and no, you know him. It's Seth and Kyle. I joke. I kid. Uh, I came up with one of my stupidest gimmicks that I've ever come up with for this holiday episode. Um, I don't think you need to put it down like that. We're calling it the 12 questions of Christmas. Uh, also known the as, Hanukkah. <laughs> yeah, also known as the Hanukkah of hypotheticals. Um, shout out our Jewish homies. Ben. Us three personally celebrate Christmas. Um, <laughs> but, you know, we hope you enjoy this episode no matter what, what holiday you're celebrating this time of year. Uh, I have, if you're keeping track, only three drinks in front of me. All of them in a desperate gambit to stay hydrated. <laughs> Which is gonna fail. <laughs> wow, you really are sick if you only have three drinks. You yeah, it's only tea. Muster the energy to get your <laughs> normal complement of beverages. I know it's only tea, Gatorade Zero, and water. Can you believe that? Thanks. I have a slight cold, so this is like basically my flu pod. Of course, of course. I thought Kyle was gonna say something, but he didn't even react. I don't know what to add on to that. I feel like Sam's been trying to garner sympathy from us for the last like two months because he perpetually has a cold and everyone's just unfazed at this point. Yeah, nobody even says like, oh, I'm sorry. That must feel bad. Oh, I'm sorry. That must feel bad. Thank you. That's all I needed. Maybe our one of our Belgian listeners will tweet at me saying, sorry, you have a cold. And then I can finally die in peace. <laughs> we can hope. <laughs> All right, so shall we get into our 12 questions of Christmas? Patent pending, dare I say? Or no? (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Number one, if we were to redraft the wide receivers uh, drafted in the last three drafts, let's exclude this past year because we're not sure yet about those boys, but from 2019 to 2021, what would be your top 10 in order? This is a sneaky tough one. Kyle brought this this up This is really tough. This is the one question that Kyle contributed to the 12 questions of Christmas. Whoa. <laughs> I think I contributed one or two more, but they didn't make the cut, it didn't seem like. That's correct, yeah. <laughs> I didn't contribute any because I wasn't asked, so I don't know how I should feel about that. Yeah, we kept set that on a loop on this one. Just safer that way. Um, <laughs> so I'm guessing we all have the same top two. I'm guessing we all have Justin Jefferson and Jamar Chase as our top two. I, in yeah. that order for me. I don't know if anyone wants to be spicy and put Chase first. That would be an outrage. <laughs> Kyle agreed. Yeah, I mean, Justin Jefferson is just the best receiver in the entire NFL. So <laughs> These two, honestly, might just be the best two receivers in the NFL. They might I be. I think we're just saying that because Cooper Cup is injured. But Yeah, we'll see. How, I don't know. Cooper I kind of Cup... think Cooper kind of might be on the back end, right? I mean, we'll I mean see all how he's we... done is set records the last two years. Like. Sure. There's That's been no not indication other than getting injured that he's on the decline. But I think if Cooper Cub comes back 100% from this injury and shows no drop-off due to age, then he's the top three with those two would be my take. Yeah. I think Tyreek has to be mentioned, obviously. <clears throat> I think Devontae still has to be mentioned. Definitely, yeah. Those are probably the top five. Stephon Diggs. Don't mention him. He's unmentionable. He's pretty good, I guess. But he has Josh Allen. It's hard to know, you know? Yeah. Um, all right. I feel like the rest of them, boy, 
You could put I got a hard time. Yeah, I have a really hard time <laughs> ranking these, and I'm still not sure on it. Me either. Okay, I'll go for my my three and three, four, five, and you tell me how I'm wrong. I have AJ Brown third, DK Metcalf fourth, and Amon Ross St. Brown fifth. Is that spicy? Um, uh, not as spicy as me. I also had AJ Brown uh, fourth. Okay. Although, yeah, like AJ you, Brown third. You mean? No, I am third. Sorry, my bad, my bad, my bad. Okay, <clears throat> I skipped over one person. All right, just so go through your three Samuel. through five. Yeah. Oh yeah, Debo, Debo third. Samuel third. Then AJ Brown. Then Amon Ra. But again, it's really like you said. Like so much of it is dependent on quarterback play, right? Like, are we over overrating AJ Brown because he has <clears throat> one of the better quarterbacks? Even I mean, he's been doing this though. Hurts, it's like a pocket passer, but he's been doing the and same he, thing though since he came into the league. Yeah, with well, Ryan he's been Tannehill. Ryan Tannehill. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, and I the mean, thing with Debo is like. It's not quarterback dependent, it's more play caller dependent, right? Like Kyle Shanahan is the best offensive play caller in the league. And I don't know how to separate him from that, I guess. Like what would he look like on an art team makes you wonder, you know what I mean? Yeah. I think I uh this I might have had this. What was your order, Sam? It was AJ Brown. DK Metcalf and Amon Ra. Okay. I had so my three through five was AJ, Amon Ra, and Debo. I should probably have Debo higher. I just wonder, like, <clears throat> what would he – let's say you switch him and Amon Ra, right? What would that look like? Although they got they got a sneaky good play caller in Detroit, so maybe that's not a great – Dude, they're looking good, and I love it, honestly. Yeah, yeah. I don't I know. Feel it's like interesting. Debo is just so good after the catch. Yeah. Right, it's yeah. It's like it's not that hard to, like, create a scheme where you get somebody the ball in space. I mean, but, the thing is, too, right, is, like – I feel like we just kind of think about Debo as having like the end around handoffs and short passes and racking up yards after the catch, which he's probably the best in the NFL at. But his first season, he wasn't only doing that. He was catching mm-hmm. passes down the field. Like it's not something that he can't do. He was stuck yeah. at that as well. <laughs> he's good at contested catches too. Right. I mean, yeah. obviously we're, we're splitting hairs here. All these guys are elite, you know, I, the other thing is like, because of the scheme, like think about Devonta Smith, who spoiler didn't even make my top ten, but he's also great after the catch. I wonder if you just replace Debo Samuel with him, could he do the same thing? And then would Debo be more boomer bust like Devonta is on the Eagles? You know what I mean? These are the questions that keep me up at night. <laughs> okay, so we have a top five. Next, my six through eight. I'll give you. I have Jalen Waddle sixth. I have Debo at seven, and I have T Higgins at eight. Jalen, I know you could make the same argument with Mike McDaniels that you do with Kyle Shanahan, but he was good before Mike, and he's also just really, really fast, which I feel like kind of transcends any scheme if you're just really good at, like, being fast, you know? Yeah. No, I agree. I had a – again, everything after the top two, I can see anybody argue any spot pretty much for the most part. Um. These three that I have next, wait, uh, I mean, I, I kind of, so I have DK, CD, and Waddle mm-hmm. as six, seven, eight. In that order? In that order. 
And I wasn't I, sure. I, I moved DK all over the place on this. Mm-hmm. At one point, I had him top five. One point, I had him, I think, like eight or ninth. <laughs> Ended up with him at sixth. So, uh, I mean. DK's a tough one. Yeah, but at the same time, it's like he does everything that you want, and he's outrageously huge and outrageously fast. So I feel like you can kind of pick him up and put him anywhere in any offense in any NFL, and he's going to produce. I'm not sure I can pick him up, but yeah. <laughs> and yeah, he's been good with Gino too, right? It's not like it was Russ dependent. Mm-hmm. Although Gino's better than Russ. So yeah, it's not right, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I had the mirror order of Kyle. So I had Jalen at six, then CD, and then DK. Wow. Um. I think I I agree with everything Kyle said. I think DK for me it just seems a little bit less consistent, which again isn't always his fault. Um, but I feel like he kind of ebbs and flows, and sometimes has monster games, and other times like he can kind of be shut out. And maybe like Waddle and CD are a little bit better at like route running and getting open, whether that's just speed or otherwise. Whereas DK is like just a more physically imposing type receiver. Yeah. And I might have been blinded by that. I kind of feel like maybe CD should have been above DK in my rankings, but I absolutely disrespected CD on these rankings. Yeah, and I he... did. I feel like I did too, even at seven. Like I feel he might be, I think he's probably deserving of top five as well, but I don't I'll know. I just it. feel like, yeah. yeah. Go ahead. I don't know why I just don't. Yeah, he was on our fantasy team last year. I have him on, I think, one or two teams this year. He always produces pretty much, and it doesn't didn't even matter. I, I just feel like he's not as alpha as I want him to be, even though he is an alpha receiver. If that makes sense. He just leaves me a little cold. I get a little flaccid when I watch CD. I think, like, if he was on any other team but the Cowboys, we would talk about him mm-hmm. way less. He'd just be like Michael Pittman or, like, another player I have ninth on this list which I'll spoil now, I guess. I have Terry at ninth, Terry McLaurin. Did you have T and uh, where'd you have T at? T was eighth. So I have T Higgins, then Terry McLaurin, then C Lamb. Probably unfair, honestly. I just wanted to prove the point that I think CD is a little overrated. Terry over CD is pretty wild. Terry has to deal with the worst quarterbacks in the league. It feels like a miracle when he, when he finally makes a catch and it is because he's so talented (laughs) and like he, he's had to deal with Carson Wentz, Taylor Heineke, um, need I go on? I mean, they've had like 10 <laughs> mediocre quarterbacks yeah. since he's been there. I just feel like I don't necessarily disagree. Like if you switch Terry and CD, that like their production would switch as well. That being said, I feel like it's still a little bit of an unknown how mm, Terry would true. do in the Cowboys offense. And so you got to give the benefit to somebody who's actually done it rather than just, like, we're expecting that, oh, if Terry was in the Cowboys offense, he'd be just as good as CD. But, like, CD is yeah. already as good as himself. I didn't realize if, how eerily similar their stats are. Yeah. But if, I, if I'm if i drafting, yeah, you know, I, I don't – I don't. I got to go for upside. Super strongly, yeah. And I think yeah. T. Higgins, I put him at eight, too, because, like, he's behind Jamar. But if I was a team drafting my number one wide receiver, I'd prefer him to Terry and CD. Yeah, I have T and then Terry, 9-10. So we're really not that yeah. far off. 
Is that what you have, Kyle? Did you have a, a uh, anyone different in your top ten? No, I had T and Terry, nine and ten. I think that's too low for T Higgins too. But gonna do I know. Honorable mentions. I mean, you know, like I said, Demonte Smith, Marquise Brown, um, Deontay Johnson. If you want to get, I mean, Deontay with a better quarterback would be pretty good too. Um, but man. What an influx of talent we've received in the wide receiver position, huh? C.D. Lamb and Terry McLaurin per game over the course of their careers. <laughs> C.D. Lamb averages 5.1, catches 67.9 yards and 0. .4 touchdowns per game. Terry McLaurin, 4.8 catches, 68.4 yards and 0. .3 touchdowns. They're <laughs> like, yeah. you can yeah, put, I, yeah. I, I never realized at- it's Garrett Gilbert versus Dak Prescott. I mean, so <laughs> it is wild. Holy shit. All right. Well, we spent like 20 minutes on the question one and we have 12. Yeah, it was so. a great question though. <laughs> it was a good question. <laughs> All right. Number two, if you had to draft a three on three basketball team from current NBA players, who would you pick? So let's say you're doing a three on three tournament, like the big three. I'll tell you mine first. My, my strategy, maybe it's wrong, but I figure in three on three, uh, good offense beats good defense because there's a lot of isolation and a really good scorer can score over the top defender in the league um, more often than not if you have enough spacing in a three-on-three game, in my opinion. So I went with Jokic, Steph, Curry. You heard of him? Probably should have gone with his brother, Seth, who's better, but that's okay. Facts. <laughs> and then my third one might shock you, but I'm going Shea, Gilded Alexander, just because I feel like he's the best isolation <laughs> player in the league. He, he's the best isolation player in the league. It so feels so good to be vindicated. <laughs> if I'm going to build an isolation-heavy team and I need spacing, I, w- I could go Giannis, but he can't shoot threes. So I'd rather go Shea, and he has that herky-jerky stuff that works so well, I think, in a three-on-three game. That's my team. I love it. Come at us. It was <laughs> it was Shea, Steph, and you say Jokic? Yeah. I just need the passing from Jokic, you know? Yeah. Is that your team as well, Kyle? Uh, it's <laughs> close. I went Shay Luka Jokic. <laughs> yeah, of course. I, I I did. I spent about two minutes. I, I spent a total of three minutes on this. I spent about two of those minutes debating between Luka and Tatum, though. Mm. I ultimately mm. landed Luka mainly because of what. Uh, you know, Sam said on the isolation scoring and stuff, I trust Luca a little more on isolation scoring than I do Tatum, especially yeah. after last year, the beginning of last year, we saw him <laughs> take those errant threes that didn't come near making. He's yeah. much better now, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> but I just, I went Luca instead. Yeah. So I think that's interesting because I, I mean, we have similar teams, um, but I would, I would not lean towards isolation scoring in a three-on-three tournament. I feel like because it's three-on-three, there's even more spacing. And so you're going to want to even more often take advantage of passing and cutting and either getting open threes or layups and dunks. And I would never want to settle for a contested jumper even if it is Shea Gilgis Alexander. But Shea's, Shea's going to the rim, though. So is Jokic. So who yeah. do you like going to the rim better, Shea or Giannis? 
Well, I need, I need, if Stafford Jokic is going to the rim, I need spacing around them. Drive and kick? Yeah. I mean, you kick it out to Giannis and then he drives again and then kick it out again. Like, I mean, you can't go wrong with Giannis. I'm not going to tell you you're wrong yeah, with Giannis. Yeah. For so, three so mine, yeah. So mine was Steph, Jokic, and Giannis. And A, I feel like those are the three best players in the league. So right. It's, <laughs> not it's hard to go wrong with that. <laughs> and I feel like it would be Jokic, like handling the ball, Giannis setting off ball screens for Steph. Mm-hmm. And then if the defenders like, Hedge towards Steph. Now we've got Giannis floating to the rim for a dunk, which is unstoppable. Or if they don't, we've got Steph Curry open three, which is the most efficient shot in the game. Mm-hmm. So, or Jokic just takes it himself. So, I don't know. I would much rather like, and then plus, I'd rather have the defense of Giannis protecting the rim. And, like, if it's Giannis versus Shea, Shea's going to score some of the time, but I still like my chances preventing scores. You know, even if he scores, like, 60% of the time, he gets a two against Giannis, which I think is generous. I feel like I can score more than that on offense. So Yeah, your team's decent, I guess. My team's still going to beat yours. What uh, – none of us mentioned KD or LeBron. Interesting. KD's getting up there though. Yeah, they're both getting up there, but still. I don't want I don't want a player, run. you know, messing up their knee in a three-on-three game. All right. <laughs> and I want good team chemistry on my team. Well, you'll be fine. You don't have a coach or GM, so KD won't ask to fire anyone. <laughs> <laughs> KD would be my next choice after those three. I think sure. so, yeah. And I, I think... mean LeBron still probably, I mean, would be pretty good in this format. Yeah, he'd be yeah. good. Both of them he, would be no, he's only the second best player of all time. <laughs> Can we still take MJ right now? I mean, I think he would probably cook a couple young guys. <laughs> when you was know, the no last one... time that you said LeBron was the second best player of all time and not the first? When's the last time I said that? I've always said that. I swear you've always been on LeBron number one. No. Have I been wrong all these years? Yeah. I've always said LeBron's career is better, but MJ's peak was better. That's fair. Okay. You know, I also sneaky wonder if you just threw Boban in there. Like, <laughs> so the best player of all time conversation or yeah. the three on three? <laughs> yeah, if you threw Boban to the MJ LeBron debate, what would happen? <laughs> no one, I don't think, has had a more prolific. Um, well, I mean, I guess you can't even say that. His, his movie career rivals Jordan's, that's for sure. Yeah. The way John Wick murdered him with a pencil, or was it a book? <laughs> I don't know. I don't watch the John Wick films. They suck. Okay, going going back to KD for a second. Yeah. I'm just looking at the ISO stats. Yeah. So score frequency percentage, Shea is second in the league. Oh, it's not even true. How many lies will I be told? Well, Shea has a 47.8 score frequency percentage. Durant is 47.6. So I think at best, they're approximately equal at scoring in the isolation in particular. I think Durant is a much better shooter than Shea from the outside. So I think if you're looking for an ISO scorer, it would be more prudent to take Durant because he's also going to be better. I would never. Off the couch shooting deep and spreading the floor. But we don't like him as much because he's been around and Shea is new and shiny. Yeah, exactly. He's not new to me. (laughs) 
I want team chemistry too. Uh, <laughs> That's what I said. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you were like, you were right. Oh, there's no coach or GM. <laughs> well, also, it's not just scoring percentage. I, if you look up, maybe they're. Um, uh, we can do this later, but the efficiency, like the points per possessions, would be a better uh, showing for Shea because he's running the offense more, and I feel like might be more efficient on his isolations than KD. No points per possession. He's at zero point nine nine, and KD's at one point zero two. But close though. We didn't do it. We didn't do a deep dive into the analytics for every question, so that's fine. <laughs> yeah, let's just... move on. It's our first two questions. It's been 40 minutes. Uh, all right. That's a lie. Number three, what's your favorite sports moment in your lifetime? This is going to take forever. We'll just say it real quick. I don't yeah. have one single one. I, I don't well, know how to You can't remember it. You can't imagine any of them. So I can't imagine them, but I remember them. <laughs> I have a memory. <laughs> all right. Okay, I'll just go first. Um, the When Devin Hester returned the opening kickoff mm-hmm. in the 2006 that. Super Bowl for the Bears against the Colts. That was on I my mean, short list, but it didn't make my actual short list. I was like, we're winning the fucking Super Bowl. It's happening. Yeah, the fact that we didn't win that Super Bowl is outrageous. Fuck Peyton it's Manning and his forehead. Pickable. Agreed. I hate the Mannings. But the Manning cast is great. Sure. That's fine. We'll allow it. All right, Seth, what's your favorite sports moment? Well, the first one that came to mind, so I listed five. The first one that came to mind was, of I course, the five. Celtics beating the Lakers in the 2008 NBA Finals. Yeah. Um, and particularly, I forget if it was game five, game six, but we had like a 30-point comeback or whatever that was incredible. So there's definitely that one. Um, I'll just mention the Minneapolis Miracle a few years ago. Got to be. Keenum to Diggs was incredible. Germany winning the World Cup in 2014. Mm. Um, LeBlanc was awesome. because was LeBlanc's got to be up there just for neutral. For the Cavs. Yeah. Yeah. And then this might seem random, but the Seahawks <clears throat> coming back against Green Bay to go to the Super Bowl that they ended up losing to the Patriots. But there was a just a wild playoff game. And there was this one play where Russ was like scrambling and was like fourth down and he was almost sacked. And then he escaped and threw this like across the field pass for a touchdown and that they ended up winning and, and it was beating the Packers. So that's a big memory that came up as well. That game was sick. That is a classic playoff game, all time playoff game. Yeah. I too had five that I couldn't choose from. I'm going to choose one just for the sake of this pod. And it's going to be the White Sox World Series in 2005, mm-hmm. where they swept the Astros. I do remember uh, game four was in houston so they're obviously uh it was late when the game was getting over probably it was way past my bedtime at the time (laughs) and i was running through our house with a broom (laughs) sweeping uh i don't even know how old i was what i was 11 years old (laughs) that's definitely probably one of my favorite memories from sports but there's also the mark burley perfect game of 2009 one of the most insane things i've ever witnessed um last chicago one that i have on here is the 2015 blackhawks stanley cup Mm -hmm. last of the three kind of really cemented the legacy of the blackhawks uh got a tattoo from it too so that was cool but um 
Other two, I had the block on here, obviously. Just you an all-time have the sports moment ever. And then the Ray Allen game-tying three in Game 6 of the three. 2013 Finals. I had a good amount of money on that game, on the heat, and I thought I was wow. completely dead. Megan was asleep on the couch in my basement while I had that on. I was like, oh, my God, this is it. This is it. That three, Ray Allen gets that ball, tosses that up, and hits. I scream. I throw things. I'm going nuts. And she's like, what happened? What happened? I'm like, you'll never believe what just happened. <laughs> All-time sports moment for me as well. That shit was insane. Those two, the Ray Allen three and the LeBron block, just for being a neutral fan, were probably my two favorites. The Cubs World Series win in 2016, also yeah. up there. Um well, I only picked one because for once I stuck to the script and you two yeah, okay. added more. <laughs> I would never do. All right. <clears throat> Number four. Let's say Patrick Mahomes goes to a different team. What non-playoff team could he go to and win the Super Bowl next year? I think there's two easy answers. Okay, hit me. Is one of them the Lions? It's the Lions. Got to be the Lions. The Seahawks. See, I was thinking about you don't want a juggernaut in your own division if you're trying to win the Super Bowl. Um, part of the reason why Tom Brady went to the Bucks, right? Mm. So the Lions is out then. So I was thinking, yeah, maybe the Vikings are are a little bit of a – but I, I don't say they're juggernaut yet, you know what I'm saying? But the Niners are always also elite every the, year. Yeah. Yeah, but it's like of the teams that haven't made – that aren't in the playoffs right, it's Patrick Mahomes – I guess maybe the Rams, if you can guarantee me that Cooper Cup is going to be completely healthy too. I thought about the Rams, but once again, the Niners. Yeah. I don't know. I just think like Mahomes throwing to Metcalf and Lockett is probably behind what Detroit has as a whole team on top of, you know, their, their receiving and running backs. I just think the Seahawks' offensive weapons are probably the next best of any team that hasn't made the playoffs. I guess and the Raiders have, and Devonta, but that's about it. Josh Jacobs gone after this year, most likely. Right, and they have a good uh, couple young secondary players, some young defensive players. Yeah. I think the Lions is probably the best answer. I mean, let's say they have a defensive draft pick this year. Uh, I mean, their the their defense has honestly been they've been one of the best teams against the run over the last seven weeks. Like, yep. sure, they're giving up, you know passes but offensively they have jared Goff, and they're competing with any team that they play with so play against yeah i mean and they might just make the playoffs i mean i think they're gonna make mean, the playoffs which should mean this question they're null for this question but <laughs> i mean aiden hudson's coming into his own as is jeff akuda their cornerback too uh, and then an offense obviously of amon ross st brown yeah. who we all ranked in like the top seven of our uh players of the last three years or wide receivers the last three years and you have swift williams in the backfield and you have jameson williams Right, James is supposed to be the best wide receiver in that class. So, what do you think, Seth? Do you, do you like that? And the other, I mean, I said Lions as well. And I think the other thing is just the vibe and the chemistry and the yeah. energy around that team. Yeah. Um, they got something going. They got something impeccable. brewing there. They're yeah, a brotherhood so. that cries together. That's what you need. Yeah. So, imagine if you added Mahomes to that, it would, I would say they I don't even think they need it, though. They got your golf. Yeah. Good point. <laughs> Also, are we forgetting that Jared Goff and Mahomes are the two quarterbacks that had one of the most exciting games in NFL history mm-hmm. in at least the last like 10 years? It's been a great sports moments. Right. I Honestly, did forget that. 
Honestly, we should have said the Bills Chiefs game last year. That's true. Because I remember after after that immediately after that game, Sam was like, that was by far the best football game I've ever seen. It was. And then he didn't mention it. <laughs> Which I think That's is true. what always happens is right after a game happens, we say it's the best thing ever. And which is what happened just now with the World Cup game. And then no one mentioned that either. So, Well, it's been like two days since that. I think if you ask me five years from now, that's probably one of my favorite sports memories. Could be. But it just happened. I, I, I definitely uh, didn't include like more recent stuff on purpose. Like I, I think I would have included like this World Cup, like Sam said, incredible sports moment. Uh, yeah. Even the the Vikings Bills game earlier this year, I think that could easily be yeah. included in the top five. Again, it's like, where do you rank something that's just like incredible to watch versus the stakes that it happened at? Because right. like that's a regular yeah. season game, but it was yeah. one of the most exciting NFL games I've ever and watched like, in my life. <laughs> and versus your own like fanship of a team. You know? yeah. yeah. Anyways, we're going backwards. That's on me. <laughs> uh, well, I was also just going to mention Sneaky the Broncos because. If Patrick Mahomes leaves the Chiefs, then they could win the division because Patrick's now on Denver, and he and they have Sutton and uh, Judy, and their defense is the best in the league. So I mean, yeah. and they have the worst quarterback in the league. So just replace him with Patrick <laughs> Mahomes. <laughs> uh, all right, <clears throat> who are your current NBA All Star starters? All right, this is tough. <clears throat> in the East, I think the West should be pretty simple. The East no. is tough for the forwards, so you get two guards and three forwards. I, I did Giannis. The East was tough for the guards. Okay, well we'll get there. I did Giannis, Tatum, and KD as my forwards. Uh, I left out Joel Embiid just because the games played. He's at twenty-two, which is four or five lower than most players. But I wouldn't have a qualm with Embiid in there. Obviously, he's averaging like thirty-four points a game. <laughs> uh, and then I had Donovan Mitchell and Jalen Brown as my guards. We had the same exact team. <laughs> Nice. I think I don't think the guards were that tough in the East at all. Those are the only good guards in the East. Maybe Demar Derozan. I, that's why I thought it was for. tough. Is like because I don't think that they're really like comparing I mean, the East guards to the West guard selection. Yeah. I guess maybe that's where I'm. Yeah, but that made it easier because there's only two good ones. I guess that's fair. <laughs> I mean, I, I contemplated right Trey Young. I feel like he should have, you know, <sighs> Darius Garland. But... Even I feel like is like should be Darius, mentioned yeah. as well. I mean, am I going to have a piece of paper as my starting guard in the East? I don't think so. Uh, Also, Jalen's really a three, right? But whatever. Yeah, Yeah, but he's guard (laughs) slash forward, so. What do you have, Seth? Do you have the same team? I had the same. I think the only question is KD or Embiid. Yeah. I'd prefer KD, so. We'll see if KD takes a week off before the All-Star game, and then maybe we'll switch him. Uh, West is a bloodbath for guard. Forward was similarly – Shallow, I thought. So for forward, I have Jokic, Zion, and LeBron. Uh, I couldn't even think of another forward. I guess maybe AD, but he's AD already if out it for a month. Injury. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And That's how I had it. I, I didn't look up the eligibility of everything, specifically for all-star voting. Is Doncic only eligible as a guard? I have. Yeah, that's a good point. I, I think I he think is. So. I have him as my guard along with Shea, um, only because Steph – is going to be out for a month. So I didn't include staff. And then you could obviously make a case for John Moran or Devin Booker. It's kind of tough. There's like kind of four really it good guards. Really hard, two yeah. yeah. We again ended with the same exact team in the West now. <laughs> good. Glad. Yeah. I mean, I think it depends on if you're asking 
I, I kind of interpret it if you're asking right now. Yeah. So then I would have Steph in because he's played enough games so far. But by the time we get to the All-Star game, yeah, right. I, I think he'll be ineligible because of that. Yeah. So although he's still they might still vote him in, to be honest. Yeah, they might still vote him in, but um yeah, so then my next choices after Steph would be Shea and Luca as the guards as well. Unless yeah. we can put Luca at forward and then sneak in Ja, sneak probably. In ja, yeah. And then take LeBron off. Yeah. LeBron is just, he's just like, yeah, I'm going to take 28 shots a game at this point. <laughs> Works. <laughs> and why wouldn't he? <laughs> uh, all right. Number six, we're halfway through. All right, 12 questions of Christmas. Right, We're going to speed through the last, the back half. Who will win a Super Bowl first, Burrow, Herbert, or Tua? Burrow. So, obviously, Burrow made the Super Bowl last year but didn't win. You say Burrow, Seth? Yeah. What do you say, Kyle? I had Burrow as well. It was tough, though, between him and, and Tua, I will say. Herbert's never winning a Super Bowl in the Chargers because the Chargers are a dysfunctional franchise. And even if they get close to winning a Super Bowl – they're gonna stab Don't him in his lungs him. with with a knife with a needle. So <laughs> I feel like he's doomed to be like Peyton Manning, where like maybe he gets one or something. But yeah, uh, I, I think Tua. It might be Tua, huh? It might be. Yeah. Like I said, it was tough. Again, obviously we saw Burrow last year in the Super Bowl again. Now the the Bengals are absolutely humming. Um, They're humming. But you also, you know, you got Mike McDaniel's right now coaching. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I think I mean, it's tough. It's going to be a race between the two of them. I, yeah, I think, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's tough. I think two uh, side with Burrow. That's fair. I mean, Burrow's better than two. I think two is clearly the third worst or the third best quarterback out of these. But yeah, I wonder if he has the best infrastructure when it all comes down to right. It. Yeah. <clears throat> um, number seven. If you could pick one NBA or NFL franchise to play for, what would it be? Excluding anyone you cheer for. So Celtics, Bulls, Vikings, Bears are out. For me personally, um, I'm not gonna go to a football franchise because I don't want to die. So I'm gonna I'm gonna go to a, I'm gonna go to a basketball franchise. Uh thought about Lakers and Warriors. You know, I need some more warm. Uh, but you know what? Give me Miami. I think I would really respond well <laughs> to heat culture. <laughs> Why do you think that? I don't know. I respond well to getting yelled at. You know, <laughs> do you I think I could really blossom know? there. I feel like that's a terrible choice for you. <laughs> you know how you would literally just walk around sopping wet. You sweat so easily. I would be literally continuously sweating, but that's good because they weigh you all the time. So I got to be sweating out that water weight. <laughs> um. So clarifying question for this one. Are we joining the team as it's currently constructed? No, it's just kind of like just the what franchise, franchise would you like to play for, yeah. Okay. I would probably, excluding obviously the teams that I cheer for, I'd probably pick Golden State Warriors. It's definitely going to be NBA because I like it better than NFL. And yeah. like you said, not as dangerous. Yeah. And I like San Francisco. I'd enjoy living there. Warriors have a lot of stability. I think they have a good culture. Um, have a legacy to live up for, live up to, but it's not like the Lakers or the Knicks or something where it's just a lot of like pressure. Scrutinized yeah. every little thing. 
Yeah. So I think probably Warriors. I considered Grizzlies. Really? Because um, I think they have a pretty good culture too, but not quite as much like winning legacy. A lot of blues too. For San Fran to Memphis. Uh, yeah. I think San Francisco is a great end. I love, I love San Francisco. <clears throat> what do you buy you, Kyle? This is a tough one, but I think I'm going to roll with the Grizzlies. I can this, see it. This is my vibe, you know? <laughs> Gritty. Mm. Blues music. Mm. Me and Ja would be best friends. <laughs> you don't get Ja, though, necessarily. I guess you can have him, fine. <laughs> I'm clearing out the Miami roster, personally. <laughs> All right. Um, if you were allowed, this is number eight, if you were allowed to have a non-QB win the NFL MVP this year, who would you pick? Now, of course, it is allowed, but because of the disgusting, despicable tradition of the award, it always goes to QB. Um, <clears throat> Seth, I think you, know, you and I may have the same answer, but I'm going to go Justin Jefferson. Did you have yeah. that as well? Yeah, I picked Justin Jefferson. I had a I had a backup choice that would, in case I was accused of bias, um, which of course I am biased. <laughs> it's and, the correct accusation. <laughs> I mean, I think Justin Jefferson, what he's accomplished as a wide receiver, and you know, fueling the Vikings to one of the best uh, records in the league, and also doing it all with Kirk Cousins as quarterback is pretty <laughs> remarkable. Um, and I honestly haven't looked at the metrics on this or the stats really this year, but my second choice would be Michael Parsons. Yeah. Although he's slowed like, down as of late. Yeah, I feel like he has, but I don't know. Just when I've watched him in the past, and again, I don't watch super closely, um, just with like paying attention to fantasy football and everything more so, but I feel like he's so versatile and can do anything on defense and yeah. deserves more, even more credit than he gets. Yeah. He's, I think he has like a league injury or something, but yeah. at least at the beginning of the season, he was up to like 60% pressure rate or something, despite yeah, the fact insane. that he, he doesn't even rush the quarterback <laughs> on every play. Like he drops back in coverage like half the time. <laughs> yeah. That's a good pick. Justin Jefferson, just before we move on to any other candidates is leading the league and, and catches at 111 yards at 1,623 and is leading. He could, in, he could break the all-time record in receiving yards for a season. Yeah. And he's leading in, in 20 plus yard catches at 26, which it kind of feels that way. Right. And I mean, he had that one hander on fourth and 18, which propelled him to the, the win against the bills. And he also went insane in the game that they came back from 33 to zero. So I feel like he helped win them, will them to at least two close wins, and they're the two seeds. So he needs to average before going into the last week's game against the Colts. He needed to average like 125 receiving yards a game to break 2,000 yard receiving season, which has never been done before. Coming out of the Colts game, he had 123 receiving yards. So he's right there. Let's go. He's right there. Just needs to keep up that pace. Essentially, I had Justin Jefferson too, but again, if I couldn't pick Justin Jefferson or I didn't pick him because everyone else picked him. It was between Parsons and Nick Bosa. I was going to say Nick as well. Yeah. Some of these guys like him and TJ Watt, you really notice when they're gone. Like, yeah. I mean, Nick's, yeah, Bosa's missed more than one game, right? He's missed a couple games, I think. 
Yeah. He's leading the league in sacks at 15 and a half still. <laughs> so fucking good. Um, all right, number nine. Nerf gone to your head. You had to pick one NBA team to win the title this year. Who is it? Seth, obviously you're going to say Celtics. Yep. I feel like almost it has to be a team from the East because the West is so wide open. But that being said, I'm going to go Pelicans. Just kidding. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh he had me in the first half. <laughs> the king of contradiction. Strikes again. Um, <laughs> I think I'm going to go Bucks. Giannis plus a healthy Middleton. Done it before. Giannis didn't even make your three on three team, but. Well, it's they don't play three on three for the NBA title, so. They don't. <laughs> Kyle? Um, I went Grizzlies. Wow. I mean, I had them. Uh, I mean, it's his franchise that he now plays for. So. <laughs> right, that too. <laughs> But the beginning of the season, before the season even started, they were one of those teams for me that I said, and they're, you know, they're right there. I had them as the team to finish the West in uh, the first place spot. I don't know. That was a <laughs> that terrible was way of wording that. Why did I word that like finish that? first in the West. Yeah. <laughs> and they're, what, they're tied right now with uh, Denver for that spot. So, and we're halfway through the season almost. Or I just feel like if there was a Nerf gun to my head, my life on the line. The West is so, uh, like, there's so many good teams in the West, whereas I feel like I would be surprised if there was an East team in the finals that wasn't the Bucs or Celtics. So that gives me a 50% chance, you know. Of course, I say that, who knows, but, you know. Um, all right, we're almost done, I swear, listeners. Belgium, they're already, they're already out celebrating the holidays. They've stopped listening. Number 10, if you could change one rule in the NFL or the NBA, what would it be? They already changed the one rule in the NBA I wanted to change, which was the transition take foul, and it's already made it infinitely better. Um, I want them to change the NFL rule where if you fumble through the end zone, the other team just gets the ball on the 20. Mm. What's up with that? I'm on the goal line. I'm reaching for it. I fumble it. The other team doesn't even get it on the one. They get it at the 20 with lots of breathing room. doesn't really make any sense to me. That's a good one. Do I have a solution? No. I think you just presented a solution. Give it to him at the one. <laughs> I guess I should have just muted myself before I blew my nose three times. I didn't even hear you. No, me neither, actually. my The changes I would make would be um, in the NFL as well. I would get rid of challenges. Every play is reviewed. And it's stopped if there's something a clear mistake by the referees right like they clearly miss a pass interference call or there's some play that's not a judgment call so it's like someone stepped out of bounds they did or they didn't you can find it out with replay for sure um then they reverse the call but there's no more challenges there's no more like oh this is reviewable and this isn't or like, you know, they <clears throat> are reviewing if he caught the ball, but he actually stepped out of bounds way before that, but they can't review that or whatever it is. Like everything is reviewable. Every play is looked at and they just stop it if something is grievously wrong. Yeah, I like that. I like it. I don't know, like the no challenges, but I guess you don't need them in that scenario. So, yeah, that's that's the goal, at least. <clears throat> Uh, also, NFL for me, um, I would 
allow or, or stop refs having the ability to blow a play dead, like mm. if it's a change of possession or something, like if there's a fumble or an interception or something like that, just let the play go on until either he is definitely tackled or the team scores because the amount of times we see them call something dead when it really shouldn't have been and a team would have scored off of it, it's pretty outrageous that that's an issue still. <laughs> the like we just saw it in that Vikings that, yeah. game. Yeah, in the yeah. Vikings-Colts game. Uh, so, I, I Lucky they had the MVP on their team, so they were able to come back anyway. You know, what about, and it's not a rule, that, but I wish they would implement utilizing. So every NFL ball is already chipped and tracked where it is at all points during a game. Why don't they use that technology to determine positioning or if ball, if the ball crosses the plane the or the goal the line or something well. like that? I don't understand why why referees are pulling out pieces of paper. And <laughs> it makes no sense. You know the ball and the yards. Stupid. You just have a couple of old guys bring out a chain and, and throw an index card in between just to make sure. <laughs> so if, if you had the rule about the whistle, what about forward progress? No forward progress anymore? Yeah, that'd be for, forward progress, right? So you'd still allow them to whistle forward progress and even if they fumble afterwards? So like if a running back has a ball and he's going forward and then there's a bunch of people who tackle him, and they start pushing him back. Do you just let it keep going, and the defender can keep trying to rip the ball out forever? Or no, no, no. I dead? don't think so. I, I think there would have to be something implemented. Like, if you are in that position, right, and you don't move forward after X amount of seconds or something, and you're just getting pushed back, then you just call the play. It should be like it's a time thing. Now. Yeah, <laughs> but he wants them to wait longer. But I want. Yeah, it should be implemented though through like a. Um, like uh, utilizing the chips in the ball to say, hey, mm. he's not moving forward anymore. It's been this long. Ref gets a little buzz in his ear. Then he blows the whistle. I say just get rid of forward progress. If you guys want to take all 11 players and pick up Kyler Murray and take him all the way in the other end zone, go ahead. Rip his <laughs> limbs off for all I care. I don't give a shit. They just carried him. Fireman's lift. Carried him to the other end zone. Safety. Game over. <laughs> Game over. <laughs> Call it. Uh, all right. Number 11. There's rumors of Trey Young dissatisfied with the Atlanta Hawks franchise. And I think perhaps the Atlanta Hawks franchise should be just dissatisfied with him. But, you know, it's fine. Uh, if he does demand a trade, where should he go? Is number 11. Might I suggest China? Can you imagine I demand a trade to China? <laughs> they would love him over there. Uh, they would. The- the problem is he's a pretty hard fit anywhere because he refuses to do anything off the ball, and he has to have a 30% usage rate despite being the least efficient player in the league. And he's a piece of paper on defense, as we well know. Just, I would say just throw him to the Spurs. Let's start over. I mean, if we're going to do that, trade him to the Bulls and get, get back like DeRozan and Levine Don't and give us a draft pick that. with it. I That'd be so much better than Trae watching Young. this current team. Oh, I cannot. There was almost a mutiny in the locker room the other night. I know. Wait, in our locker room? Yes. There's almost a mutiny in the Hawks locker room too, though. That's not going to solve our problems. <laughs> I think we'd, we'd like Trey better than whatever the hell Levine's doing. Trey at least is putting up stuff that supports his contract. Maybe he's not playing I mean, defense, but he never really did. So who cares? I mean, Levine, Trey on the still... other hand, just got paid a max deal and he's ass. So. <laughs> 
Well, Trey still has two knees. It's not really fair. Yeah, so give me two knees. <laughs> give me two knees, baby. Two knees, Trey. No, I don't want I don't want him. I'd rather just tank for Wemby. I mean, we only keep our draft pick if it's top four, right? Yeah. So let's go for it, baby. We're not that far off from top four right now. Although we did just win two in a row, so maybe. I know. I don't know what the hell they're doing. <clears throat> All right, Seth, who would you trade Trey Young to? So I figure if you want to do, like, go to a system where you could maybe convince him to start changing his habits. No, don't just say <clears throat> it. <laughs> then Toronto. Maybe it's like a Van Vliet for Trey swap or something, and because of their infrastructure there, he starts playing more in the flow of the offense. However, I don't expect that, that would happen because that was the whole idea with getting DeJounte was that Trey would make some adjustments and he has not. So then I think they should just give him to the Clippers. And the Clippers just become this, like, high-profile juggernaut players who you don't really know who you can count on, whether it's injury or otherwise. But they've got Trey, PG, and Kawhi, and hopefully, like, two of them are playing well or playing at all at any point, and they just dive into that kind of star-studded cast mentality. That would be interesting. Plus, they could, those two can cover for him defensively. Mm-hmm. But would he be happy there? Probably not. Probably not. The Bulls at this point in time have a 29% chance to be a top four pick. Let's tank it out, baby. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. That's what I tried to tell you at the beginning of the season. We didn't listen. Okay? I wasn't hearing we... it then. <laughs> can you imagine how much Victor would love Chicago? He's probably never even seen snow. I guess it snows in France. <laughs> <laughs> All right. This is the last one, number 12. Oh, we have a bonus question at the end, I guess. But this is the last one of the 12 days of Christmas slash hypotheticals of Hanukkah. Um, <clears throat> the Vikings are 25 to 1 to win the Super Bowl. You like that? You like that, don't you? You 6 6 man, patent pending. I don't like it at all, personally. I thought it was you, you know like that, like don't that. you, you salty son of a bitch, or Mitch? <laughs> <laughs> salty son, son of a Mitch. <laughs> I knew exactly what it was. <laughs> I do. I love that, to be honest with you. No way, dude. Lock it in. So they have... I was odds, at it. as a... What are they? The second or third best record in the entire NFL? Here's who I'd have above them. You can stop me when you disagree. The Bills. Oh, that have the odds that are above them? <laughs> what, what do you mean? No, this is my own personal opinion. Actually, DraftKings has the Chargers over them for odds to win the Super Bowl. As if up, the Chargers dude. are even an NFL franchise. That's what I'm saying. Like, I don't understand. <laughs> All right, so personally, in my opinion, the Bills, the Chiefs, the Eagles, the Bengals, and the Niners, I would all take over the Vikings for the Super Bowl. Then maybe Cowboys, Miami, and Ravens, they're in that group for me. Starts to get dicey. Seth's gone. He couldn't take this slander. That's it. I mean, I just – their defense is terrible. I know that they keep winning closed games. And so maybe they'll, you know, have a couple comebacks in the playoffs and pull some out of their ass. But 
Can they do it for four straight rounds or three straight rounds? I'm just not sure. I mean, the first round right now, they'd be playing Washington. Not really concerned about. It's the next round where they get it gets dicey. They'd probably end up playing San Francisco. Right. Easy win. Give us <laughs> but after San challenge. Francisco, then it's most likely Philadelphia or Dallas. Easy win. And then you're in the Super Bowl. <laughs> See, I, I would. It's simple. I would. Twenty-five to one are way too low of odds for a team that has an offense of this caliber. Kirk Cousins or not, I don't give a shit. I think it's if anything, the odds are are too low for a team that's never won the Super Bowl. And you think that it should Kirk be Cousins? You think the odds should be better than worse than twenty-five to one? Like, yeah, I think, think my I think like thirty to one or. Or forty to one, or something like that. I think Miami and the Ravens, maybe, should, and Cowboys, maybe, should be above them in the, in the odds. Definitely not the Chargers, though. I don't know what the hell DraftKings is thinking. This is why we're not <laughs> sponsored by him. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, I guess that was the twelve questions of Christmas. Do you think that we'll get a patent for that? A trademark? Probably not, huh? Definitely. Okay. <laughs> Kyle, you had a bonus question. Did you come up with anything for that? Uh, no, I didn't look at it because it was on your sheet. I didn't really think about it too much. <laughs> Sorry, we don't right. have time for it anyways. We'll bring it next time. Okay. There it is. All our listeners can wonder what it is. Uh, well, happy holidays to all you out there, whatever you celebrate. Don't you uh, dare wish me a happy Honda days when you know I celebrate Toyota <laughs> <laughs> Uh 